You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Today we are um, continuing on and we're working through um, this passage which we have themed everything we need. And it's found in 2 Peter 1, 3-11. And I'll just read that through really quickly. And then we will at least all be on the same page. And from this particular passage, we'll go into some other uh, passages as well. So here it is. I I don't think it's going to be up there behind you. So if you can turn to your scriptures, uh, it's 1 Peter, or sorry, 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. And I'm going to read out of the NIV. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So everything we need, by God's grace, he's given us everything we need for a godly life. And I think we've heard that over and over and over these last few weeks, that he has given us everything that we need, everything that we need for our Christian journey. Because of the finished work of the cross, we have been given access to all things. The moment you gave your life to Christ, everything was made possible in him. I think sometimes for me, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that reality. But that's amazing news, that we have been given everything we need through Christ. Everything. And uh, that's a powerful truth. And yet, like I say, I think sometimes it is hard to wrap our minds around that reality that we have everything in him. And yet, in this Peter, in this book here, says, wants us to grow in our walk with God because he doesn't, he doesn't want us, um, he wants us to be effective and he wants us to be productive. He wants us to be victorious and he wants us to be fruitful. And so he says, make every effort now to add these things to what you already have. Because he doesn't want us just to sort of receive that and then just coast through life, but he wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to to really be uh, God's hands and feet in a practical way out in our communities and, and actually making a difference, but not just kind of existing. So, so far we have, we've gone through um, a few of them. We've gone through goodness, We've gone through knowledge. And last week, Tyler touched on self-control. And uh, I would say 
really the takeaway from last week was not that we need to stop doing something that we may be struggling with, though I think that's important, but not to leave here going, I'm determined, I'm going to do it, I'm going to stop doing blank, whatever that is. But, but to actually press into the Spirit. And as we press into the Spirit, those things that, that our flesh is attracted to, those things that we are drawn to because of the, the sinful nature in us, we, we will, we will, that, those things will become strangely dim and we will begin to just focus as we press into the Spirit. And one of the scriptures that Tyler shared, I believe, anyways, was Galatians 5. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So this whole idea of self-control was about feed the Spirit and you starve the flesh. And, um, and that's what I love about this, this passage that we've been working through. It's not about, as individuals, to do better. But it's really, at the end of the day, it's about how do we continue to put um, this, how do we continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? How do we continue to, to press into the Spirit so all of these other things become distasteful, in a sense become ugly, become something that is just not attractive in our Christian walk? And, uh, and so today, we're going to be talking about perseverance. And so perseverance is the characteristic of one who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith and reverence to God by even the greatest trials and suffering. Is the characteristic of one who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith and reverence to God by even the greatest trials and suffering. Throughout scripture, we, we, we read about many that persevered. It's, I mean, really the scriptures are jam packed with those that persevered. But Hebrews 11 highlights uh, this very well as it speaks to the heroes of our faith. The heroes of our faith, they experience God's mighty hand at work in their lives. But we also see that they experience persecution and they experience suffering. Throughout Hebrews, if you, if you were to, I won't read Hebrews 11 this morning, but if you were to go home today or maybe during the week, just take some time and read through Hebrews 11 and you'll see that God's mighty hand was at work in their lives, but they also experience persecution. They also experience suffering. They experience horrible things. And it was specifically in those times, though, that they had to dig deep and persevere. When the tough times came, they knew that they had to dig deep because they, they wanted to, to walk in the promise that God had for them. Hebrews 11, to me, is, is encouraging because as a believer, as a follower of Christ, it reminds me that, that there will be victories in our lives. But in that, in those victories, in those breakthroughs, there's also going to be challenges. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be all of these things mixed in it. And yet, what's so amazing and what I try to keep my focus on is there will be victories. And there will be like really exciting times through those challenging times. And so the, the writer of Hebrews re, uh, sorry, uses um, chapter 11 as an example to give us um, instruction of what we need to add to our faith. 
And so we're talking about perseverance. This is what we need to add to our faith. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 is where we're going to go to talk about perseverance. But first, I have a, a lame joke for you. Okay? So here it is. This I got this a long time ago from Kyla's grandma's church. A husband and wife are fighting about who has to make coffee in the morning. The wife says, you wake up before me, you should do it. The husband says, it's part of the cooking, so it's your responsibility. Now, I know that is really brutal. I just, I know that. I don't agree with what it's saying, but just, it's just a funny, funny Hebrew joke, okay? Okay? I know, I knew that was like, I was like, man, should I share it or not? Like, this could really, this could damage the whole thing this morning. Um, okay. So it's, it's, it's your responsibility. And then she, uh, she says, no, the wife says. It's in the Bible that the man makes coffee. <laughs> the husband says, prove it. The wife goes and gets the Bible, and sure enough, there it is, Hebrews. <laughs> I told you it was lame. There we go. Hebrews. So some of the, like, those that first language English are like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then some of the Italians and some of the other are like, what is he talking about up there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's read Hebrews. Um, Hebrews 12. Yeah, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. I think it will come up on the screen. There we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Considered him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, as I look at this passage, a few things stick out to me that make perseverance possible. The first thing is that to make persevering possible is that we need to embrace being surrounded. Embrace being surrounded. Like, I love the scriptures that talk about those who went before us. I, I love that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. I don't, I don't actually get how that works necessarily, but I love the fact that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I love the fact that they are cheering us on. They're, they're an example to us, and I believe that in many ways they made it. It's it, what's so beautiful about being on this side of having this book completed in our hands is that we get to read through the stories and we get to see how they, how they made it. And uh, I imagine it would have been significantly different from their perspective when they were working through some of those challenges. And I know even for us, sometimes we will work through challenges. And even though we've got the book and we know the outcome, it's still challenging, right? So they made it. But I, 
I got to be honest. I need people. I, I'm one of those people that I need to, I need to be talking with people. I need to be rubbing shoulders with people. I need to be chatting about things. I, I need people. It's like, and I believe God's okay with this. Is actually part of his plan is that we would have people in our lives that we can rub shoulders with and surround ourselves with. Community to God is a really big deal. He didn't want us to do it alone. He called us to do it in community. When I, um, when I was running uh, the Boston Marathon a number of years ago, um, and I know you guys have heard some of this before, but throughout the race, there was crowds of people that just lined the sides of this 42-kilometer run. And it was, it was amazing. It was so, so, um, so thrilling to just have people cheering you on that you didn't even know, but yet they were there and they were cheering you on. But even in that time, for me, it was like, well, that's really cool. I'm glad everybody's out and participating and, and helping out in the way that they can help out. But it still just didn't feel like it wasn't enough for me. It was like... I was thankful, but it just wasn't enough, in a, so to speak. But the ones that could relate to what I was experiencing, so for example, Kyla's never ran a 42-kilometer marathon, but she was one of those individuals that saw all of the hard work that I was putting into it. She saw the, the mental capacity that I was putting into it. She saw all of the stuff that was taking place. She knew how far I was running as I was training. She kind of understood what was taking place when I was running. And she runs herself, so, so she gets what it's like to kind of push yourself when you're working through different um, training schedules. And I had another friend, Kendall, that went to Boston a year, two years before, and he actually ran the race. So he understood what was going on. I had a friend that was, that was sort of coaching me and training me and helping me um, prepare for the race and he had done lots of stuff like triathlons and and like stuff that was way bigger than just a marathon so he really understood what I was experiencing what I was going through and these people were really really important in my life because they they understood what I was going through and so I wanted to I wanted though I liked the crowds and that was really encouraging I needed those core people in my life that would would really be there for me to help me through um, or knew that they were cheering me on as I was running this race because I needed that. And, uh, and so I was thankful for them. And so when you run this race or that, in this particular case, this marathon, you're pushing your body to the max and your body says, stop, like quit. Why are you doing this to yourself? And I'm sure many of you have experienced this in, in various other ways when you've started training or working out. It just, your body says, what are you doing? Like, this is mental. But you, when you have people around you that are encouraging you, that have experienced it, that have made it, there's something in that that keeps you going, that keeps you focused on what you're, what you're doing. And so I wanted to stop so many times, but I had this cheering squad that would help me keep going. And so I'm thankful for, you know, in my Christian, in my Christian walk, I love the, the church as a whole, 
I love that we can come together and we're, we're called to, to surround one another. But then even inside of this circle, it's like why we do life groups and why we have these different coffee morning and different walks and different things that are going on throughout the week is so that you can also get connected to that nighter or that sort of tighter knit group of people so that you can really begin to share and do life with them and let them know what's going on and what's not going on and your struggles and your uh, and your victories and so you can really journey together and so that they can walk with you in that and so God wants us to be with people so that when we have to persevere they're there with us to help us people that would encourage us help us to keep going remind us to not give up when life doesn't make sense who do you have that will persevere with you and so often we have a, a family that we know really really well right now that are going through some really challenging things. And um, and it's like in those moments, you can either isolate yourself or you can surround yourself. And I know sometimes it's like, I don't want to bother people with that. I don't want to, I don't want them to know what's actually going on. I don't know, want them to know the real me. But God wants us to be so vulnerable and real with people that, that we know that we can trust and that would journey with us and support us in those times. And so we need to have those people in our lives that will persevere with us. That will, that will keep you fixed in the right direction. Because I know for me, when persecution comes, when challenges come, when difficulties come, when life doesn't make sense, the first thing I want to do is go that way. Sometimes. Sometimes it's like, no, I need, I know what I need to do. But there's times, and I'm sure there's people in here where you face way more difficult situations than I've ever had to face. And all of a sudden it's like, what do I do in this situation? There's a, I'm going to skip that part. There's a story about, uh, I just read it recently, about just being honest with people when you're journeying with them. And one of the things this lady said was, um, I have come to learn more and more that re religious Christianese terms or phrases don't help. They actually shut someone down. But true emotion and walking through the valley with someone in this place helps. Waiting on the Holy Spirit, worshiping, and she carries on. And it's like, the reality is that we just need people not always to fix the problem or say, I've got the answer. Sometimes, sometimes the word, you can say it over and over and over and it's truth and we know that. But sometimes even that is too much. Sometimes it just needs to be, let's just journey together. I'm just going to walk with you. I don't get this. I don't understand it, but I'm here for you and let's pray together and let's worship together and let's press into God together. And through that, Hopefully wholeness will come. Hopefully healing will come. Hopefully you'll be able to keep persevering. You know, this girl that wrote this, I feel like it's like well-meaning people sometimes just say too much. And, uh, and so I just, I've, I've come to the conclusion in my own life. It's like sometimes if we try to fix it, um, it doesn't, trying to fix it, especially as guys, we often want to just try and fix the issue, fix the problem. And it's better just to journey. Right? Some of you understand that? So if you want to make it like the heroes of faith, we need to surround ourselves with people. The second thing that makes perseverance possible is when you fix your eyes on him. And so we need community. We need people. But that won't be enough. The end of the day, straight up, as followers of Christ, that's not enough if we just surround ourselves with people. We need to fix our eyes on him. People can only help so far. Our human effort can only carry us to a certain point. 
And then we need Jesus. Recently, in Sylvan Lake, there's a family that, that um, uh, there, there was a farming accident just about a week and a half to two weeks ago. They have a family of four, mom and dad, family of four, three girls, one boy. They were playing on the farm truck and they were unloading um, canola. And, and they're not exactly sure what happened, but kids are just a part of farm life. And so they were all there hanging out except for the son. And all three of the girls got suffocated by um, this canola. And so it's just been, it's kind of rocked central Alberta again, where we're from. And just an absolute tragic, horrible story. And obviously they're looking into things. But at the end of the day, they've just had just an overwhelming amount of support from just really, they've been saying on the news, like all over the world, but obviously the majority of central Alberta. And, um, and so, they had the funeral just um, on Friday, and there was there was over 1,600 people that were at this funeral, and just a just a crazy, crazy tragedy. The little boy, he was probably about I think nine. He said this: "If God works all things for good, then something amazing must be in store." I mean, it's just incredible that a kid that would would kind of go and think that. They were a part of um, a church family that's just outside of where Kyle and I are from. Um, but this little boy, that was what he was believing. He's like, okay, if God is going to work through this, then it must be really amazing because right now I don't see that, so to speak. So, but as, and as I watched some other um, stuff on Facebook as well as on the news, the parents also just talked about what is going on and just how, how it's really shaken them. But at the end of the day, they've just been talking about how they've had their eyes fixed on Jesus. And I mean, and I, I honestly can't even imagine what they're experiencing. I come alongside of them in the way that Kyla and I can, but I just can't honestly imagine what they're experiencing, what they're going through. But they've kept their eyes fixed on Jesus. We fix our on Jesus, we fix our eyes on Jesus because he is our great example and he persevered. And that's the reality is that Jesus persevered. In verse two of Hebrews 12, it says, for the joy set before him endured the cross. It's like he experienced the worst and persevered for us. And at times of followers Christ, we will need to do the same. But persevering is not always Something um, that takes place. Um, I guess we don't. We don't. Perseverance is just not something that happens when something tragic happens. We need to persevere in other areas of life. And so, as I was just thinking of some, it's like we need to persevere when we're being ridiculed at work. We need to recognize that that maybe when someone is saying something about our faith or we're living a certain way and they begin to sort of bully us, so to speak. That's a time where we need to persevere and we need to surround ourselves with people and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Another one is when we're pioneering something new that God has called us to. I know somebody in this room that we'll be sharing in a few weeks that has had to persevere and has feel like they're going beyond what they can, what they can do, but they know that they need to fix their eyes on Jesus. And, and through that ministry, they're going to continue to do amazing things. And so they have to persevere. Because persevering isn't necessarily always this negative thing. It just means you just need to keep going through what God has called us to do. Sometimes maybe you're ignored or you're left out because of our faith, whether that's at work or on the playground or whether it's at university or maybe there's a function that's going on with a bunch of people that are getting together and they happen to know that you're the Christian and 
for whatever reason, some of those nights, you're not included in the group. Those are times where you have to keep persevering and say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep walking with this group. I'm just going to keep being Christ to this group. I'm going to persevere. When everyone else is going in the opposite direction of you, sometimes we got to keep persevering. You know, I, to be honest, I wish at times we could just take a special pill that would make everything better. But it's about coming to God. It's about pressing into the Spirit. It's about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And, and, sometime, and, and many times it's just about not giving up. It's just about keeping going. And the last thing that makes perseverance possible is living with an eternal perspective. Living with an eternal perspective. When I, when I run marathons, the journey begins well before the race. But the finish line is always on my mind. Right from the very beginning, the finish line was on my mind. I imagine myself regularly crossing that line. I imagine myself regularly looking across and seeing the numbers on the, or actually, I guess it would have been on here, on my watch, seeing the numbers on my watch, saying what I was aiming for. That's, that's what kept me going. I imagine myself running across the line with my arms up in, my, in the air going, I did it, I made it. I persevered, all of that training paid off, all of that good eating paid off, all of those chiropractic treatments paid off, all of those times of whatever it was that I was had in my life, they paid off. Those things paid off because I always had the finish line on my mind. There was nothing that was going to stop me when I had my, the goal in mind. So the training prepared me for the race. But really, it was the finish line that kept me going. Right? It was the finish line that keeps us going. Here's a story um, that I read recently. It's from the 1700s. And I think it's fitting for just kind of as we close, and I'll just say a couple of things at the end. So here we go. A remarkable example of perseverance was seen in the 17th century France at a certain place that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I need my kids that are French immersion. Maria Durant, a young woman, just 14 years of age, was charged with being a Huguenot, a nickname for a French Calvinist. Maria, or Marie, was told to renounce her faith, but she would not. So along with her 30 other Huguenot women, she was incarcerated in a tower near the sea for 38 years. She entered her prison as a bright, attractive, marriageable woman. But with the passing of the years, she lost these attributes, all because she would not renounce her faith in the Lord Jesus. Today, visitors can see inside the prison and view a single word that these brave, in, indomitable women had scratched on the wall. And in French, it says, resist. This, this was perseverance when I think of perseverance. It's like giving God not only their allegiance, but also their very lives. That's what they truly did. And I don't say this flippantly, and it's not easy to live out, but I believe the tough times, though they are often horrible, are the times that we truly grow in our walk with God. It's like, I would love it just to be really nice and easy, 
But I think all of us, if we were to talk to somebody that has really had to persevere through whatever it would be, whether it be through tragedy or through ridicule at work or from maybe being excluded or whatever it might be, when we persevere through those times, I guarantee if you talk to them, if they fix their eyes on Jesus, they would say, I've grown. I'm more like Christ today than I was yesterday. I've, I've experienced God's goodness in my life. I've experienced his, his tangible presence in my life to keep going. I know that he's real. I know that he has good things in store for me. It's like when we, I think, like I say, I don't say it flippantly, but I think those times that are really challenging are truly those times that we grow in our walk. James 1, 3 and 4 says, You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I think it goes all the way back again to Peter about adding to our faith perseverance. is because God doesn't want any one of us to be lacking anything. He wants us to be complete. He wants us to be mature. And sometimes in these really challenging situations, it's like God doesn't make them happen, but he uses those situations so that we can learn how to persevere and how we, so we can learn how to be more like him at the end of the day. It's like, God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this not working out? Why, don't, why doesn't this make sense? Why don't you make this seem a little more clear so I can get it? And it's like, because he wants us to be mature. He wants us to be complete. He doesn't want us to be lacking in any area of our lives. Jesus taught us to pray. And these were the words was, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a few minutes ago, I talked about how the, the, the heroes of our faith in Hebrews 11, we see how they, they persevered, they, they, sorry, they were persecuted and they suffered. But they also saw victory. They also saw moments. They saw glimpses of the goodness of God operating in and through their lives. They saw, they saw things take place. And I, I just want to encourage us because sometimes when I share like the story that I just ended with about these, these individuals that died for their faith and they were locked up for 38 years, it's like, oh dang, like, is that what it, if that, is that what it looks like for me? Is that, is that how it's going to end right now that I'm, I'm going through these tough times? Is that, is that what it's going to look like? But I want us to know that, that God is, is faithful. And, and in those times of, of persecution, in those times of suffering, in those times of ridicule, in those times of whatever might be going on, it's like God is able to step into those realities. He's able to, to bring fruit out of those situations. He's able to help us to be victorious in those situations. He is going to allow us a glimpse of who he is. And we, we, we experience that here on Sunday morning sometimes. We experience that whether it's on an Alpha on a Wednesday night or, or where we experience glimpses of God, his manifest presence, just coming down and, and, and working in and through our lives. And he just is so faithful in that regard. So I don't want us to think, oh man, persevering is just, it's going to just be this kind of horrible thing that's taking place in my life. But it's actually, as we persevere, God is going to give us glimpses of his goodness and his faithfulness. And, um, and I believe that we need to have our, fi- our eyes fixed on Jesus. We need to have our, in a sense, we have to have this eternal perspective. We have to have the final goal at heart. But I think we need to also be encouraged and be, and, and be reminded this morning that 
in this journey right now between the time that we are born and the time that we die, there will be those victories. As we continue to persevere, God is going to pour out his spirit. He is going to uh, allow us to experience his tangible presence. And we're going to see some good things. And I believe many of us have seen good things. Um, but I just felt it was really important to remind us of that, that, that God is going to continue to do good things, even as we persevere through all of the little things that we might be going through today. So, whoops. If I could just call the band up this morning and we'll just take some time to end with a song and, and fix our eyes on him. I think in this time it's important for us to remember about pressing into the Spirit. And I think I give examples of, of training, of running, of fixing my eyes on this finish line. But, you know, in the, in the physical, in the physical, I guess our athletes, there's this threshold that one must bust through, right? It's like that's where you really begin to see something change in your life, in your life. You can kind of do a little mediocre 15-minute workout and not see much progress. But when you really push yourself, when you push yourself through that threshold that where it begins to really hurt, that's where you start seeing amazing things happening in your life. And um, it's uncomfortable, it hurts, and you want to quit. But we keep our eye, you know, as, ath- you know, as athletes, they would keep their eyes focused on this sort of outcome that they're looking for. And in the physical... It's about, it's about pushing yourself. But in the spiritual, it's about pressing into the spirit. You know, I think so, in so many ways, these examples of running a race and sort of the pushing yourself in the physical, it breaks down over time. I believe in the spiritual, we need to push through so that, so that we're not relying on our own strength. Because at the end of the day, believe me, I've, I've prayed many times as I've been running and pushing myself. But at the end of the day, when it comes to running and, or any sort of exercise, it's about just going, it's more willpower. It's more, I can do this. It's more about telling your mind, you're going you're gonna to succeed. You're going to finish. You're going to finish well. You're going to. But when it comes to the things of the spirit, it's about saying, God, I can't do this. In this situation, I don't know how I'm going to persevere. In this situation, I don't know how I'm going to actually come out ahead. In this situation, really, I don't even want to get out of bed today. In this situation, going to work tomorrow is going to be the biggest challenge because, again, i got to face this persecution. Again, i got to face whatever it is. And that's the time where we no longer can muster it up in ourselves to just kind of make it. we got to push into the Spirit and go, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me get through this. You've got to be my strength. I've got to know that you're with me on this. Because if you're not, I'm not going to be able to make it. So let's stand together. And I, I pray that you would just even make this your prayer this morning. That in, in perseverance, you would not just dig deeper in yourself in the sense of, of, I can make this happen. But that you would dig deeper into the spirit realm and say, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you to get me through this. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. 
To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.